0: What you say is true. The Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous.
2: Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that?
3: Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props? Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Are you guys familiar with, there's this guy named uh, Finn uh, McKinty, I believe Sounds like a douchebag hipster. Finn McKinty! Um, he's, he does this, uh, YouTube channel called punk rock MBA, and that's like MBA masters like, of business. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, he usually does stuff like whatever happened to butt rock or whatever <laughs> happened to fucking pop, you know, pop punk. All right. He does these like cool little, like kind of retrospectives about genres and what happened to them. And so he da, did da, da. a
4: whole video on whatever happened to butt rock, which could have been summarized and we put two in its head and put it in the fucking desert where it belonged. Cause that's all you need to say it about
3: proper yeah, it well, died with Papa is Roach. Is Papa Roach butt rock? Yeah, it's considered kind of butt rocky. Um, because hmm. hair metal isn't butt rock. But rock would be the kind of like I was po- thinking hair metal. Post emo, I guess.
5: See, I always thought butt rock was more like hair metally too. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean that's what
5: I used to call it like, but I always I guess... thought Nirvana pretty much drove that nail in the coffin. Yeah, grunge oh, exactly. destroyed. Well, yeah,
3: Nirvana mean. killed a lot of things. Thank God. Poor Kip winger Poor
5: you know He's so never good. been the Those same. Those boys from Striper. I'm guessing things aren't going well. <laughs> Do you
3: know what killed Winger was Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, yes, probably. because the dorky fat kid had the Winger shirt. That's right. Always, yeah, that it? fucking that. That's what killed Winger. Like it needed to be killed. And that last lack of talent. Oh, oh, it was that really shined through. I mean, they were no Mister Mister.
4: Well, but in a musical, <laughs> definitely. But in a musical movement that was soaked in whiskey and and fueled by cocaine.
3: There really wasn't a lot
4: of room for success for a fucking Christian hair metal band.
3: No, just G and R was basically uh, sucked up all the oxygen in the room when they it came did. to that style mm-hmm. of fucking shit. So I was, I you know, as I am want to do, I like, you know, just listening to some bullshit in the background while I work out or whatever. And I came across the most fantastic shitting on of us. Yeah. Um, there was a, there's one called the top 10 worst fandoms, F A N D O M. Like, so yes. in rock so, and metal, it says, it, it, yeah, in rock and metal. And then I was like, huh? <laughs> and I looked at the front and lo and behold, who was on, who was on the thumbnail with him was one, Mr. Maynard James Keenan <laughs> of one of my favorite bands in the world. So I'm like, okay. I got to listen to what this is. So obviously, as we all know, tool fans are absolutely insufferable. They're the best band in the world. You and are insufferable. If, Aaron, you if, if That's what you're getting. At. No, no, totally. And I, <laughs> and now it's become a joke between me and Rex. Now that she knows this video exists, everything is now me trying to fucking like, I made meatloaf. That's sitting to be, I made bacon wrapped meatloaf that's going to be cooked in about a few hours. But I'm making, I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. She's just like, oh my god, you're like this all the time. You are the, you're like hipster with your food, you're hipster with your clothes, you're hipster with your music, and now I'm like, now it's really starting to drive me into like a fetal position. Uh, like I'm starting yeah. to question my own right, hundred percent. But but I listened to this Bobby and I thought about me and you. Oh. The- <laughs> Dude, I thought about, hey, I've got a, there's a, there's a
4: sprinkle of this in me too, because I Definitely. feel the same way about tool. And, uh, and, and well later on, we'll talk about another clip in this video, but right now, let's just listen to what this guy has to say about the Tool slash Deftones slash... Oh my God, dude. Uh, let's Faith just, No More gets Faith mentioned. No more let's, ju- let's just have him put us in the fucking dirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay? That's pretty much what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah.
1: Which brings us to what I think is probably the most irritating fandom of all to me, The Punishers. I would say that fans of Deftones, Glassjaw, System of a Down, Circus Survive, Thrice, Sleep Token, and Propagandi would all fit under this category and I feel a little bit bad about being so irritated by these people because they're not mean or anything like that. They're actually pretty nice. They just have that diarrhea of the mouth kind of thing where they really, really, really love their favorite band and cannot stop themselves from gushing about the band at any opportunity. Like in elementary school, there's that kid that was really into some baseball team and found a way to make every single assignment about them. This is my speech. It's called Why the Seattle Mariners are the Best Baseball Team and every other baseball team should have to eat their poop. And I don't know why, but this particular personality trait just annoys the living shit out of me. And you'll see this a lot outside of music too. For example, Volkswagen drivers, or people who insist on only driving cars with four-wheel drive or manual transmissions. And if you give them the slightest opportunity, they'll corner you and talk your fucking ear off about it. So if you're a big fan of something that's totally cool, God bless you. Just please dial it back a little bit. That's all I'm asking. You don't listen to Tool, you experience it. And of course, the I am very smart types. The people who seem to think that only they with their giant galaxy brains are capable of understanding the deep, profound complexity of bands like Tool, Coheed and Cambria, Faith No More. A lot of the progressive rock fandom in general can kind of be like this. And I'm not putting any of those bands down at all. They're definitely very good musicians, but so what? For one, the fact that they use polyrhythms or whatever, or have like seven minute long songs, doesn't mean that anybody has to like it. Like that doesn't make it automatically good. Or that if they don't like it, that they're like some dumb pleb who's too dense to comprehend it. Clearly you failed to see how their entire discography is based on the Fibonacci sequence and Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. And second, remember, the guys in the band might be brilliant musicians who are doing really cool, innovative things, but that doesn't mean you are just because you listen to it. You didn't write the song. You just press play on it. You do not get to take any credit for this, my man.
5: You'll open your third eye soon enough.
1: So obviously listening to
3: that immediately, I was like, oh, my God. Especially, I mean, the, And I started laughing at myself. The
4: Fibonacci sequence part. I was like, I'm pretty sure Aaron has mentioned the Fibonacci sequence thing as a plus for that album for Tool. 17 times in the last year on this podcast. You know, it really
3: makes you take a step back. (laughs) look at yourself a little
4: and then so we were like you know of course this this reeked of what you guys uh, you know you, you're right it had a lot to do with the way you guys talk about music and then i was like well at least they didn't you know go after like all the backpack rap that we love and is clearly better than every other rapper <laughs> that ever existed and then later in the video uh,
1: oh my god
4: this happens
1: <laughs> and next up i'm just gonna be petty here this is one of my personal least favorite fandoms the fans of what i call npr rap If you enjoy hip-hop music, you must listen to this album. The kind of people who love Run the Jewels, Aesop Rock, JPEG Mafia, Kendrick, and all the other backpacky kind of stuff that you see covered in places like NPR or Vice or Brooklyn Vegan. The kind of rappers who you could imagine doing a collab with Ben and Jerry's. And to be clear, it's not at all about the artists themselves. I'm not really into this kind of stuff personally. I'm more into what Jermaine Dupri calls stripper fight music. Want
2: a nasty uh-huh. Sometimes get wretched, bitch. Uh-huh. Want being a classic bitch. Uh-huh. you want a savage, bitch
1: but I completely respect it. I think of this fandom as like artsy white people in their 30s who drive a Subaru with a Coexist sticker on it, who don't listen to or pay attention to any rap at all besides this stuff, but because they think of themselves as experts on any kind of art or music, they think that they're so fancy and cultured for listening to Run the Jewels, but turn their nose up at any other kind of rap, like a guy I used to work with who loved all this stuff, was all about rap, but had never heard of Chief Keef. And to be clear, I'm not gatekeeping. If you don't know a lot about rap or any other genre, that's totally fine. Please just don't get up on your high horse because you discovered MF Doom last week.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He hit, we talked about Run the Jewels for how many months leading up to the album as they were releasing songs. Then we gushed about it. You guys didn't listen to any other music
5: besides that album for a straight 30 days. We spent if I remember. four months literally listening to Aesop Rock and Run the Jewels pretty much. And do you want to know why we did?
4: It. Because it's the only thing that fucking matters and this guy can go
3: suck us <laughs> <it. laughs> Okay, well, it, it obviously makes me take a step back and go, yes, yeah, I, okay. we are. And that's fine, I guess. You know, I mean, shit, I'm 48 years old. I mean, if I can't be judgy about some stuff, then fuck you. All right. You know,
4: it's so like, let's skip on. ahead to our music segment just to prove this guy wrong i brought that body yaddy 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 song (laughs) from that chick what's her name
5: who
4: something the something i don't know the chick that does the the body yaddy song the body yaddy 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 you don't know what i'm talking about about. well all the children's do all right and they love that i'm dude like have you is she a white guy from minnesota yes you know what carol (laughs) then i don't care Carol, what is the uh, what is the name of that rapper that does that body yadi 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 song?
2: I love that song, boys. That's Meg the Stallion. I have made like fourteen TikToks just with that song in the background.
3: Gross. Uh, Megan, she's on TikTok. Did, are you guys following her on TikTok? No, I don't. I'm not on any. That's
4: of right. There. You're not. On I'm any not any on either. the internet. You're completely. Dude. Yeah, you're Neo. You're like I'm unplugged. I'm out
5: of the matrix. Absolutely, bro. Carol and I are mostly Snapchat. Oh, because cool. they wow. erase. That's red flag. Just red flag. It just goes red away. Goes just
3: away. Goes away. <laughs> Although she screenshots the hell out of your shit. That's all I'm saying, dude. <laughs> um, but no, it it it's nice to sit back and like laugh at yourself because we are. We can get very obvious. Anybody who knows me or knows Bobby or knows Sean, yeah. our opinions are always right. Um, we are correct about everything. We know everything. Just That's why we have us. a
4: podcast. We needed to make sure everybody knew about our very correct opinions, right. and they needed to hear it every well, week.
3: The only thing that I will say is, unlike those NPR rapper like people, which I'm sure they're out there. I mean, I've invested thirty five years of my life in the, in in that music, in listening to that music. So I could t- I could I could take it off as a glancing blow off my chin. But it is kind of on point.
5: It is on point. <laughs> I will say this, though. I'm
3: scarred. <laughs> I'm
4: like, scarred after that, and I was like,
5: all right, I guess I, I'll
4: just start listening to Top 40 bullshit.
5: I feel as though I could go and make my own YouTube video, though, and I could attack all of these rant warriors that mm. live on YouTube there and is. spend all of their fucking time shitting all over everyone else's fun mm-hmm. and just like, I mean, he is he doing anything different? than what we do no, by not. calling us out and saying, we're so fucking dumb for feeling this way, and I'm telling shit, you he's why. He's taking it personally. I can no, see it his I'm eyes. just saying. <laughs> Bobby Bobby's <laughs> fired up, dude. I'm just saying it's layers of bullshit that we all fucking do. <laughs> he's being as hipster as we are. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Well, it's mm-hmm. just that he's attacked. Now he's like found the new angle on it, and he's going to attack people. And that's fine, man. We, we are ridiculous. Yeah. we know we're fucking ridiculous <laughs> we can live in our ridiculousness we sit in it like a bathtub Yes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean but like at least a little self awareness helps and I'm not 100% sure that this guy has that much self awareness he's he's conciliatory he says he respects the artist and I, I get that he doesn't want to shit on Aesop Rock he just wants to shit on anyone that likes Aesop mm. Rock and recognizes him I mean, and I understand what he's saying. A
3: hundred fucking Dude, 100%. You've met those people.
5: I've yes. As a matter of
3: fact, didn't you recently date one?
5: I <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so, whiskey. This, wait, <laughs> so
4: yeah, whiskey. But all that being said, all that being said, we just want you all to know, yes, we are above reproach. Everybody that disagrees with us needs to kill themselves. 100%. So, now we will start drinking the wiki.
3: What, do you think we should maybe introduce ourselves? Yes. Yes. Weird. Um to my left is the giant, giant man known as the producerio. He is the producer. Sean Moriarty, <laughs> the flounderiest of producers, might I add. Thank Just you. Saying. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. And appreciate. if you guys haven't watched the ad from last week, you should because you it's fucking fantastic. Shit. It's fantastic yeah.
4: on social. To my left is the gasher meister meister gasher. Oh, wow. Bobbeth Van name? Noise of the Tallahassee Van Noises. <laughs> Sorry. That was like a Kraftwerk song. I'm I'm, de- <laughs> I'm, debating whether you should still be from Tallahassee anymore or whether you should be from Gashville, Tennessee. Ooh. Ooh.
5: <laughs> There's some
4: weird context there. I like there okay. is, because one that you've had is attached <laughs> to a person in that town. Dude. Oh,
3: my God.
5: That's- <laughs> yes. Okay, we're going with that. Yes. Sean you know, the funny th- thing about this podcast is I permanently live on Front Street. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, you're, and you can't move. You've <laughs> tried. I, I have tried. To you move have out a 100 year lease. There is no zoning on Front Street. Yep. My friend. I live right next to a liquor store and a church. <laughs> uh, uh, who am I introducing? I don't know. This guy? Sure. Uh, Mr. Antonio Branderas, Sir Antonio Branderas, yeah, yeah. from the Rhone region. Um, I was trying to come up with nicknames for you last night because we're doing this nickname contest. Right. And I kind of came out dry. Really? Yeah. I I did come up with, like, the Brendaramant. (laughs) Print. <laughs> Which is like Intimates, because <laughs> you were like, just a sweet little donut. <laughs> and that was literally the best material I came up with. Wow. And it's god awful. You were That's shooting blanks on I was way. shooting <laughs>
4: blanks. Uh, and <laughs> nothing. Silver porcupine. Instead of a silver pop, fox, because porcupines are really cute. You look at them and you get real close, and then they, they stab you. fuck you
3: up. They stab you with little needles.
4: Um, <laughs> How about the gray raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> the goon? <laughs> can i be um, the human platypus because i do feel like god's mistake
3: no you're the human iditarod and i still <laughs> I can't still figure out make what it means any sense I, that's what you are the iditarod can't is make, hard i can't make any sense fluffy. of you the Iditarod um, is beautiful, but you are a not. chore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you a you are a war of attrition on a sled <laughs> in
3: negative 32 degree weather. <laughs> With dogs farting at you while you fucking run. That's what happens. Uh, so what are we drinking uh, here, boys? Okay, so Bobby uh, uh, shot us a little text. Uh, uh, believe it or not, uh, these jackholes text 47 times a day to, to all of us. Um and uh, we read them sometimes, actually. <laughs> Go figure. When we're not doing Bernie memes, we're talking about fucking other things. So we mentioned that uh, Clyde Mays, we all know Clyde Mays. And if you don't, you should. It's a fun little thing, mostly known for their Alabama-style uh, whiskey. And I guess what that means is it has a bunch of sugar and high C in it or something. Very, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's Alabama-style. I can't um, they,
5: read. And, yeah, and and there's always typos
3: on the label. It can't read and it may or may not have questionable chromosomal ties to its family members. So the Alabama whiskey, most people know. It's kind of a, I want to say it's kind of everywhere, but it kind of isn't. Most bars have it because it's just interesting. They also make a straight bourbon, but Bobby was like, yo, have you tried the fucking rye yet? It's delicious. And I was like, cool. I, I've, I've not done it. So I called our boys over at Star Liquor and they were like, bet we got six bottles left. Come on, get it. Wow. Um, so I picked this up a mere hour or so ago before we got here. And um, let, let's, uh, why don't we round table it? Because it's, it's straight rye whiskey. It's 94 proof. We'll get all the little bullshit out of the way. Let me start. But the lowest age statement is four years. So this is all the data stuff. Um, and then, you know, Carol will read a blurb, but I'm interested to see what you guys think about
4: it. Yeah, we'll reach out to Carol for a little bit of background on the distiller. But uh, on the nose, for sure, What I it was very specific. It was super red appley, especially after we opened it up with. A little bit of uh, ice, and but it was like you just freshly rinsed a bunch of apples, and all of those you know little mild amount of gases are coming off the rind. Um, I get quite a bit of viscosity on the on the mid palate. I was like, oh, this is this has got quite a bit of body, and that's probably because it's seventy eight percent corn. Uh, the mash bill seventy eight percent corn, twelve percent rye, and ten percent barley. Aaron mentioned that it tastes like there's way more rye, so that's a testament to being able to pick the right flavor and the right concentration of flavor in a rye, because only 12%, I get quite a bit of it. That being said, it's
5: well-balanced. Mm. Rye is a blunt instrument. Like, mm-hmm. So like even a, a rye whiskey is still predominantly going to be almost a bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's going to be high in corn. And that's where you're getting that mouthfeel, I would say, mm-hmm. right? Like, just like you were for saying. Corn for sure. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to sit with our friend Stephanie, who sells this fine product. Mm-hmm. Um, she handed me a little, a little sniff of it. And I was, I mean, my first sip was like a little, like, I didn't know what I was tasting because mm-hmm. it does, it has a completely different rye profile than a House or a Bullet or any of the MGPs or AD Laws or any of these ryes that we've discussed on the show before. This does not taste like any of those, but it's a really, really good whiskey. And then I got validated because her husband, who is the general manager of uh, the universe. Your universe. My universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, texted me and told me like, "Holy cow! I just tried this Clyde Mays rye." Wow. Yeah, and I really, really like it. And I always pay it. I, my ears perk up a little bit whenever he contacts me about stuff because well, like, yeah, when Dave says something about excited. a whiskey
4: to me, I'm like, "Gonna go try that immediately." Uh, yeah, 100. Uh, if not at that bar immediately, I'm gonna go find it.
5: <laughs> Well, and it just validated every feeling I had had about the whiskey earlier yeah. in the day, you know, and made me think like...
4: about Stephanie, while she is a beautiful mother of two with a whole bunch of responsibilities. She is the halo queen of Southwest Colorado. I doubt any. Actually, I'll say the state. I don't think another human in the state could beat her at halo. Really? Yeah, she's That's that. Good. It's uh, it's upsetting. Like Halo Combat Evolved Halo. I thought like he was, hey, all, every single Halo game. You were uh, playing one on one against her, you're fucking toast.
3: I thought he was making some sort of like religious.
4: I thought you were too.
5: That's c- amazing. Yeah.
3: She's fucking amazing. That's
4: she awesome.
5: and I actually, that day, while we were sipping this whiskey, had like a 30 minute conversation about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Because she See? is.
4: She's a gamer. Yeah, she's a gamer. Yeah, she's she's fucking like, she's so,
5: on like 80 hours. Like
4: Steph is done by 130. I,
3: I made the mistake of actually reaching out to C4 about this because uh, Clyde Mays used to be Southern, and mm-hmm. obviously now it's R&D. DC and I didn't know. So he was like, <laughs> I love reps. Uh, cause anytime you say, Hey, where do you sell this? They go, we don't carry that anymore, but have you tried? Mm-hmm. No, nope. <laughs> I don't it's give great. a shit. I love it. No, it's just, it's so it. it's, it, it's, their job, it's literally. It's true. Have it's you in, met?
4: It's interesting to see how far off their fact, their quote oh, unquote facsimile is. Speaking of
3: speaking of which, we've got to give a shout out to our friend of the podcast Foz. Yes, yes, Mr. Andrew Cameron Foz felt
4: there. like uh, what he. We, we were talking about what kind of designates a Tennessee whiskey in uh, in last week's episode. When we were talking about George Dickel, and he, with his expertise, wanted to add a little bit on there, and he wanted to tell our audience. Tennessee whiskey is classified by the TTB, which is Tax and Trade Bureau for alcohol, uh, with all uh, with all the steps that are needed to be classified for bourbon. Plus, it has to go through the "quote unquote" Lincoln County process, which is the charcoal mellowing, and ha- has to be made in Tennessee. Although it's distilled and aged in Tennessee, I believe Dickel is still bottled at the Smirnoff plant in Norwalk, Connecticut, which is another thing that, because Fawz is a rep, it's another thing that reps try to do to downplay a product that's not theirs, is yeah. to be like, well, it's just you know, it's just lumped in with all that stuff at the Smirnoff plant in Norwalk. Connecticut that's just for
5: distribution, brother. <laughs> That's not well, a bad yeah. thing. I mean, obviously the juice is coming from Tennessee. So, yes. I mean, it has to be.
3: But it's an interesting. It's more of just like it's it's lipstick and, and blush on a conversation. Yeah, right. it's, it's good to know those little kind of twists and turns. Well,
5: maybe he will pipe in this week and let us know how much we're getting wrong about Alabama. Yeah, whiskey. Oh, oh, we, we will. will. Okay. Um, speaking is...
3: of getting stuff wrong about
4: Alabama whiskey, let's reach out to Carol and get her let's blurb. Try. Carol, can you please read that little background on the distiller for Clyde Mays? Yes, sir, Sean.
2: I got it right here. This This is from BreakingBourbon.com and it says, Clyde May's rye is aptly named after Clyde May, who was an Alabama farmer. May had a storied history as being a talented moonshiner in the mid-20th century, refining his craft over the years, and ultimately spending time in a federal penitentiary because of this. Known for his usage of oven-dried apples, May would add these to his barrels, during the aging process, resulting in a distinctive flavor profile. And then in 2001, May's son recreated his father's recipe and legally began distilling Clyde May. Thank you, Carol.
4: Thanks, Carol. So that's interesting to know that 2001 is when the first legal Clyde Mays bottles yeah, hit right? the market. That's, that is interesting. And uh, that's, it's a great story, but I doubt it's anywhere that
3: close to... And that's the original recipe. Well, I mean, who knows? But um, that that definitely makes it Alabama whiskey. Is that oven dried apple thing? And if you've Mm -hmm. ever had the original Alabama style Clyde May's (laughs) apples, yeah, I mean, this Um, had quite a bit of apple, and they didn't even add any. No, but it's I what I why I like this, and I'm glad kind of Bobby brought this to our attention. Um, number one, it's forty, but not a bad price for a um pretty quality product. I would say uh, after tasting it on. initially when it was neat, there was not a lot of attack. It really kind of got viscous mid palate, like Sean was saying, and then dropped and became a rye on the back. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't, it wasn't rye forward. I God, I almost, I mean, like we have any say in the matter, but it would be awesome to have this product made instead of 12% to go to like 25% rye, kick up that rye heat a little bit. Because if you were to tell me this was a Kentucky bourbon, I'd buy it. Yep. Like I would say, Oh, this is a really good Kentucky bourbon. Mm-hmm. There, I, it's almost hard for me to qualify this as a rye, so but that tough. doesn't discount. We the, have a confirmation bias
4: because we saw right. rye on there. We're going to be looking we're for it on our palate, whether it's there and, or not. Right, we're going to justify it.
3: It's and it, but it's delicious product. I really enjoy the fact, neat. It's one thing. It's very tight. It's very mm-hmm. wound. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you drop an ice cube or maybe mix it with a little bit of water, um, it opens up into like Sean was saying about apples. It's just red, delicious apples everywhere and then it gets uh, really pretty apricots and there's some really interesting stuff that happens after it opens up it gets and floral it gets yeah.
5: you know yeah it, mm-hmm. it has a lot of character to it, it I mean sometimes we get caught up in yeah like you say like we're looking at the label saying well is this a good rye rather than just is it whiskey re- review the spirit that's in the fucking bar. amen the problem is, though, when you it's like putting a target on your back, if you're going to call
3: yourself a rye, you better deliver a rye. 100%. And the proofing is rye. It's 94 proof. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But that black peppercorn heat that we tend to define rye by is not as prevalent as it's I would understated. Want. And and again, like we always talk about, again, like what would make a good Manhattan old fashioned rye is what makes a good old old fashioned Manhattan. This would not be my first pick for cocktailing. But. I would especially rather not for have Manhattan, especially not for Manhattan. I'd rather use a Rittenhouse or something with a little bit more nuts to it, or a this bullet. Is a, um, this
4: is a hot drink whiskey. I would put if I was going to make a cocktail with this, I'd put it. I can in see. I'd like a toddy. Coffee. I'd put it in a toddy. I'd put it in cider, hot cider. That's yep. a really nice idea, actually.
3: Sean always goes for sugar. It I don't know if you. I only do it when I'm
4: like, if it's not good for those cocktails, <laughs> then it goes, and it's got a lot of sweetness with the corn. It definitely is going to go and blend very well with. Oh, Let's make drink. a
5: really fun, fruity, floral hot toddy. That, yeah. that would yeah. actually be really good. And that yeah. citrus would kind of like cut it yeah. down. And
3: it would it, laser beam it.
5: It yeah, would brighten it up word. and lift it. That's it. It would that's lift the, the drink with a little bit of I would put this in a juice. very lightly roasted
4: coffee just by itself. Basically make an Irish coffee, but with this rye. like yes. can so, see that. Overall, what would we say
5: about this? I mean, it's a buy. I think it's a buy for it's forty a buy for forty
3: bucks. I wouldn't do it all the time. It's not going to be something that I would consider my like sip my house sipper. Mm. Like, uh, there's other product that I enjoy more for that, like Four Roses, that I would consider a more value uh, for a daily. But like, man, it's a great gift bourbon. I think this is something you give to somebody that doesn't know a lot about rye or bourbon. It's great training wheels rye for people until you get into the fucking heavy monsters that could be rye. Um, it's definitely a buy for me. What about you? A hundred percent. Yeah. I,
5: like I said, I don't I don't think it's the most amazing mixer when it comes to classic rye recipes. Sure. Um, it's not going to hold up to any absinthe. It's not a good Sazerac no, rye. It's no, not no. a good Manhattan rye. The, the vermouth is <laughs> going to wash it out pretty good. Um, but I think it's a really great siver. I mean, I would sit and drink this all fucking night. Well, we but are. Yeah. That's
3: what we're doing.
4: That's sort of the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: That's literally why we do the podcast. It's to, um, God, code, it really is. It's to codependent our drinking problem.
4: It you is. Know it is. We also do the podcast because we love making people uncomfortable with our biting satire on social media. And it makes me think that eventually we might get flagged and restricted these days on social media because we're saying some pretty, last week, especially with the gun content and Kyle Rittenhouse and of an uncomfortable laughter at the end, as he said, it's just so much easier to shoot them when they're walking away from you. (laughs)
0: Like, I was
4: like, holy shit, in this kind of climate, we could get
3: booted off of Facebook for that. Well, was Kyle wrong when he said that? It's
0: not Uh, wrong.
4: It's
3: actually easier.
4: It is way easier. (laughs) (laughs) There. <laughs> See them big, broad shoulders running away from hey. you just go right in the spinal cord area, right in the middle.
5: Gross. You know, we're seeing a lot more people getting banned from social media. Obviously, we've seen it at the highest levels possible very recently right. you're starting now I'm getting friends that are disappearing on Facebook because they're getting put in Facebook jail interesting for, for content that they're really posting. I didn't know that so you do start is it a to, mix
4: is it a mix of like they're getting right. they're they're paused or like their shit's
5: gone oh I think it's jail I think you go away for seven days but you back or whatever. Yeah, yeah yeah okay
3: the big thing about that is you hear the right cry about how they're getting fucking taken and honestly if you were to look pound for pound the left way more gets taken down um, up until recently when as soon as the president went and the Capitol riots happened then there was a huge crackdown on like uh, what would be considered alt-right diversive um, sort of incendiary anything
4: that is that is uh inciting violence any rhetoric that's like we need to burn this motherfucker down
3: well and that's what i want to ask you about sean because this is your world social media is where you live Mm -hmm. i'm obviously like a neophyte to it like i understand it so i try to do some deep digging just try to like educate myself about where does, where do you draw the line in the sand? Obviously the right is screaming about freedom of speech. When you have a private company, yeah. freedom, of, not speech a freedom of speech. it's not a freedom of speech issue. issue. Yes. But, but what it, it, but what it potentially could be is a monopoly issue. Um, and, you know, we were and we were talking about it yesterday is like, what do you do with a company that is so big and they can go, well, you can go use that platform and the platform has no like juice to it. So mm. where what good is that extra platform to speak when there's nobody listening to you? I mean, if I you're a,
5: if you're a public figure and you have your profile taken down off of Twitter, like you've just lost a huge part of your voice. Right. Yep. I mean, let's be honest. These people use this stuff mm-hmm. very, very consistently and they use it for a lot of reasons. And if that goes away, I mean, you're, you're, yep. it's like having a leg chopped off from a marketing standpoint. It's from like, a, no, it's basically
4: like you've zipped your, you've, you've, you've zipped your mouth up like Beetlejuice style. Right. Mm. The problem is, is that no, it's not a, it, this isn't a free speech issue at all because it is a private company. People that signed up for these services had terms and conditions that they agreed to. They checked a box to agree to these terms and conditions. Now, nobody reads those terms and conditions, which was no better satirized than in South Park when they did the human senti episode. The problem is, is it's, it's not necessarily on these companies for everybody relying on them and becoming addicted to these devices and these platforms as our only ways to communicate efficiently with, with each other anymore. But the, the, the question is, is now that these have risen to that level, do we designate these companies as something different? Do we do we make it a free speech issue is free speech? But, but but how do you then then what do you do when, you know, people are trying to organize insurrections on there and then you get rid of them? Like, how do you how do you well, reconcile that? How do you let it be free speech, but at the same time keep people from destroying one another?
3: Well, I, I, and that's a that's kind of the crux of the problem. The, the, the thing that I say that, that I see as an issue is this. It's not so much that you're signing TOS terms of service for these company and then they're reneging on that or like, you know, taking you down from their platform. The problem that I'm seeing is I've I've seen after watching and kind of trying to pay attention instances of people being taken down and not being explained to. And that doesn't seem like their own terms of service can be contextualized or defined well enough for them to. Um, explain exactly why they've been taken down uh, for instance there's a there's a YouTube channel called The Surfs. and I use this as an example because it's a moderately successful uh, YouTube channel 40,000 plus viewers now, it's definitely not fucking you know Tim Pool it's not like it doesn't have a million subs but it's modest. 40 K is like a really big deal. Like when you achieve that level and uh, much to his chagrin, he said, like, I thought I was safe at that point. He was flagged and taken down. Now, granted, they just said you broke our terms of service. There was no nobody to talk to. There was no adjudication. Did there they was say no, what specifically nope, it was? They, you did t- not, they didn't even and they don't, say what and they line item? Even, nope. They what clause and, and, they and they don't have to and And not. so, what happened was there was a big groundswell of uh, grassroots support by really big websites like The Hill like Kyle Kalinsky and mm-hmm. there was a lot of leftists that actually and 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 also the episode he got flagged for the gentleman he was talking to actually said, "I was not offended, so put him back on. Which was interesting um, to even have the the foe, the the supposed victim come and say, I'm not a victim, put him back on. And lo and behold, 12 hours later, he was put back on. Mm. So what I'm saying is if he would have broken the terms of service, why would they put him back on? Do you see what I'm saying? It makes makes things – I'm not – I understand if you're um, doing business with a company, they have the right to refuse service. That's all companies. But are we getting to a point where these platforms have become so – Completely umbrellaed over the entire world.
5: That that are, do we need to consider them differently than any other business that we've ever seen? I think there's definitely going to be a day when this is taken to a high level and examined more deeply. And there's going to be so many issues. I mean, for one thing, like there's no paywall on Twitter. No, you know what I mean. You don't pay to use their service, right. and I'm sure that they feel as though they're going to be protected um, from any sort of like recrimination because. It's free. Like we buy the servers. Mm-hmm. We This is our shit. Right. And we're mm-hmm. letting you use our shit. Mm-hmm. Now we profit off of it. Yes, they do. In a greatly. huge way. But if you're not buying your own little piece of their, you're not coloing a server with Twitter. You're just mm. using their shit. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think they feel like they're going to be protected from that. And they're probably right. I mean, honestly, when it comes right down to it. Yep. So like there could be a time when we're talking about tiered levels of access to social media where you do pay for your own little space, mm. where you do pay for if your If I life. could pay for one with you, no ads, like paid three ninety nine. Well, you month. do
3: that already with YouTube. Like you can yeah, YouTube to, you to can, have that yes. option. But that's what I'm saying now is, I don't know, you guys live on the interwebs. Like that's what yeah. your guys' jobs are. Bobby does IT work, Sean does social media. So it's <clears throat> interesting to see When's the last time there's been a new industry? It's very rare you see a new industry getting created right in front of you. And it feels like they're making up the rules as they're going along. Um, it feels like Congress and has no idea. Um, the, the obvious net neutrality dog mm-hmm. shit that went down. Um, so they're kind of to blame for their own. As far so as the be right is concerned.
5: 73-year-old but, white man. Right. Get yeah. to dictate. Don't understand how technology works and weird. what the internet is. Weird. And that's Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, weird. Fucking, well, fuck the, boomers. <laughs> fucking The, boomers. the problem
4: <laughs> I see with this actually getting regulated. No, fuck boomers, for sure. But the problem I see with this getting regulated in the future is that the tech world is so big. All of these tech companies are now the largest companies in the world. And they control so many aspects of the way we communicate with each other, the way we find information through Google, that they're too big to lose a fight against government regulation. Um, what we need to see is 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 a grassroots movement of us users making the difference because we are the pro- like you said, Bobby. It's free service, and when you're when you're on something that long and you're you're going around and you realize that you haven't paid a single dollar, you realize you are the product. We are the product. Our fucking eyeballs are the product that they can show ads to. So. Until people in droves decide to, instead of voting with their wallet, voting with their eyeballs and voting with their time and just saying, I'm not going to spend any time on Facebook. I'm going to delete Facebook for a while until they get a better reporting and restricting system in place. Until they see a half a billion users go away over the span of a year, they're not going to do anything. Until you hit them in their fucking wallets, they will not do a goddamn thing. So it's up to us. That's
3: what I think. It's up to us. That's a great point. Um, We're the proletariat, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. they're the bourgeoisie. I mean, we can take that power back simply by not engaging. Mm
4: -hmm. Um, But that's like saying, hey, take the power back. Just stop putting that needle in your arm. It's a fucking very well, powerful drug even, that we're all heavily addicted Sean, to. It's
3: even more important than drugs now. Now it's the financial well-being of hundreds of thousands of people. Yep. Yes. It's not just entertainment anymore, it's livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so what they've done is not only did they give you the heroin, but they gave you all the vitamins that you need with the heroin to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's not just a drug anymore, it's sustenance. Mm-hmm. It's it's more important than drugs now because people are like living and dying based on their social media.
4: You can yeah, uh, you can instantly get approval. You can instantly get a dopamine dump. That you are validated and you're you're sitting at home alone during COVID, well, having all these terrible work. thoughts, yeah, and then you're thinking about all these horrible things, and you just need somebody to validate you, and you post it, and as long as one person hits like or love on it, all of a sudden you feel better. I mean, and that's a
3: dangerous fucking. Drug that's to get getting in to. the psychology of it. Um, I get why. I'm just curious, like for you guys, like do you see where do you see the it, 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 where do you see the next chapter of this? because it feels like something it feels like something's going to have to break
5: eventually. Something's going to have to change eventually. What do you where do you see it? In whatever way that these companies can find a way to profit from these decisions, that's where it's going. So if that means you're going to have paid access to their services on some sort of tiered program, mm-hmm. that would probably be what I would see is happening next. Mm is that you're going to pay for this at some point like like you all three of us in some way or another benefit financially from social media marketing yes 100 fucking percent I mean, I market all my shit on social media. This podcast markets on social media, your restaurant Mm -hmm. markets on social media, your company markets on social media. (laughs) I still can't
3: quantify the fucking value, but whatever.
5: It's it's almost impossible to quantify (laughs) the value. I've
3: been trying to get that for 10 years. (laughs) Well, it also
4: depends on what you're doing. If you have online ordering and you have, and you have online ordering through a site where you can actually implement. If you have a third party system like toast, you can't just implement a Facebook tracking code that tells you every single time somebody clicked on your ad, Ad, sure. went to toast and actually made an order then you would get a conversion metric and but, you'd know what turned it but you also don't But for the... organic social media the, it's all brand awareness it's you all have... like when you put out a radio ad you can't really right. tr- unless you say mention this ad for 10% off you yep. won't have a solid metric the the,
3: the 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 thought process being this if everybody else is doing it that's successful we should probably do it yeah. that 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 is what business is in America mm-hmm. so I, I mean Coke does commercials they're doing pretty good yeah. so we should I probably do some commercials. Do commercials
4: no you, well, you Coke see what I'm Cola saying and McDonald's spend more money in advertising than any companies on the planet and they Doesn't know work. because if they do it constantly even though everybody knows where to get a fucking Big Mac and that it exists if they still keep putting it in front of people's faces they do see an uptick in their revenue and if yep. they stop 100%, they will 100%. see a
3: billion especially well, with that company that's why I was saying value added. You have no idea how it affects people because you don't understand the ripples of the pond of memory. Mm-hmm. Like I could see an ad for a taco. I may not buy one for three weeks, but the pl- seed's been planted. It's hard to quantify. You've been thinking about that, that taco natural- for a minute, though. Motherfucker. I want to Every time a Popeye's chicken ad comes on. Brother, are you ready to drive to fucking I'm, Farmington I'm, to get some churches? I'm ready to roll somewhere and get
4: some Popeyes. Let's go. God,
3: you know I what I mean? I'm Popeyes. ready to
4: kill the somebody. Spicy chicken tenders.
5: I think- uh, <laughs> Oh, well, I'm so bad. I'm <laughs> so fat. <laughs> From my personal perspective, and I don't know where this is all going, I do hope there's a day- as kind of a free speech warrior, but also someone that understands what free speech actually is. I do want the Supreme court and someday to stand up and be like, okay, that sucks. Your speech on this private platform is being suppressed. Go to Squarespace, get a fucking website, start mm-hmm. your own blog. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's your terms of services. You're going to do mm-hmm. the work. Twitter did the work. Yeah. Facebook did the right. work. Right. You know, I mean these platforms that everyone's pissing and moaning and complaining about, and freaking out about someone started that shit in a garage somewhere right. and fucking put their life work into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, they're profiting from it hugely. And now they get to control what the fuck's on their platform. Yeah. They own the servers. True. They yeah. own the hard drives. They own the, you know what I mean? Like they've hired countless engineers and they have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the, the, so, I yeah. mean, we all have the opportunity to do that for ourselves on some level. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, are you gonna really piss and moan and complain because you're not Mark Zuckerberg? So, well, it's also part of He's Anunnaki. So
3: let's just get this straight. Yeah. Well, that's He's true. a He's, reptilian. He is he lives sure. under the earth. His let's blood, be honest. <laughs> his blood is forty-eight degrees. Um and by the way, Fair this nice. never got this never got popularized until obviously the president the, the, the this is the hilarity of where we are at right now with as a society. The president was everybody was bitching and moaning about the president's free speech. And the last time I checked, he could do these things called press conferences and legally be on all network television and radio and radio over all of that. So the fact that we were suppressing his free speech by a platform that hadn't existed for 200 years makes me giggle like a little child. It's because you're not smart enough to call a press conference and speak intelligibly. You have to rip out 200 characters at a time that make nonsense. And you can't get questions asked on Twitter. No, you can't.
5: And let's face it, you're pro-business, you're semi-libertarian, you're one of these like super capitalist human beings, and you're going to piss and moan and complain because a board of directors sat down and said, fuck this guy. What he's doing is gross. Right. And it's going to look bad on us if we and continue to let him fucking be on our platform. And that's a right? For free.
3: That's their right.
5: Yes. They're
3: a business. It's the 100%. same way if you walk into my restaurant, I can tell you to fuck off. Yeah. That's my right. It's private property. They're on private property. Every time you use Twitter, you're on private property. You can property. kick
5: someone out of your restaurant for wearing fucking I don't, I, but Yeah.
3: Look, I don't, I don't That's and I should. and I have. And I have. Um, fuck those people. Uh, <laughs> who wears yoga mats on a shoe? Fuck off. Um, but no, it's just an interesting i I don't know where this is going to go because it now it seems like it's affecting a lot more people. It's hilarious when people are mad. They're like uh, they i guess when when facebook and twitter purged like all these uh Thousands. extremists yeah. like are they all these i mean let's let's call them what they are fucking neo nazis yes. let's call them what they are when they purged that within hours people were jumping on their youtube channels and jumping on their network tv going you know this is bullshit youtube just fucking uh, or and twitter just got rid of all these people and now i've lost 40,000 subs mm-hmm. i'm like do you think they're U oh S congressman? Do you, we're doing that? This yep. is what I'm saying. Do you think they're putting two and two together on there was a neo-Nazi purge. I lost 40,000 subs and yeah. they're mad about it. Wouldn't you just shut the fuck up? Well, yeah, shut, Zach, Braff, shut shut Zach up. Graff
4: tweeted specifically. He's like, Hey, if, uh, if a bunch of Nazis are getting purged off of Twitter, you probably shouldn't be telling everybody you're losing a bunch of followers. <laughs> That's
5: that, and It just seems so 101 to me, but maybe in my brain, I don't know. Maybe our brains work. We've different. gotten to a point in our society where we don't apply logic and reasoning to these things. Obviously. I mean, I and these people that are in Congress right now, that is the biggest hoedown on the fucking Sweet planet. Jesus. It's amazing. Well, you yeah, s- there's morons on both sides of this shit.
3: But um, well, it, you, it, you saw it's Dan, hard to watch. You saw Dan Crenshaw saving the world, Mission Impossible. Save style. the world. He jumped out of a fucking plane yeah, for everybody you, brother. Look up Dan
4: Crenshaw video. Oh, my God. And it is. Uh, they spent. They wasted at least a million dollars on that shit it at looks least. like it United well know it's the...
5: uh, representative lauren bobert friend yeah. of the podcast friend of the podcast um mm-hmm. and who's the the new one we, before we wrap up the uh green brought marjorie green marjorie green that brought impeachment cunt. articles
4: yeah on joe biden for some day two he... yeah no day she one she brought him to what's she gonna do what's 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 congress well, gonna do when they vote did on you guys it? did you guys
3: read <laughs> what the impeachment was for What was it for? It was for something he did as vice president eight years ago. Anyway.
4: Wow. Okay. Cool. So. Sweet.
3: Um, moving on. Uh, it was honestly Bobby,
4: just her going like, "We can impeach too. Bobby, Look, yeah. hey, we can file articles too." Yeah, too bad when everybody votes on it in the Congress, which is overwhelmingly Democrat, it's going to get shot down before it even makes a fucking headline. You are a page six story right now, and you have a page six life, Marjorie, and
3: I want it to end. Well, <laughs> if it, it feels like it feels like the the it feels like a, a representative. It feels like the biggest cuck in the world. It feels like she is sucking a giant black dick, looking at her husband going, you like that? You fucking like it when I suck that big dick. And I always think about their husbands. I'm like, your poor husband. Like, what is that guy doing right now? Outside of hanging truck nuts on his
5: fucking F-350. What's he doing right now? Jerking off on the, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Watching cuck porn. The twenty minutes a day no. he gets by himself. You're true. Hey, at least he's not showing his
4: dick to sixteen year olds <laughs> at a bowling, <laughs> bowling alley <laughs> in Rifle, Colorado.
3: Um, but Bo- it's Bo-Bert. not going to be long for the world. Trust Friend me. Of the they're going to fucking. They're going to. They're going to squash that little bug. Trust me. I they, like they, to
4: shoot her into space. I would I would like to just put her on a uh, like a rocket like duct tape her to a rocket and send her into space like old
3: school but keep
4: a fucking GoPro on the rocket like on her face so we are seeing a live stream as she like Peter
3: Sellers style. yeah
5: what was was that amazing episode of the Simpsons where they end up putting Homer in a catapult because it yeah. was part of the bylaws of Springfield <laughs> yes. for violating the uh, alcohol <laughs> yes. laws. Yeah, and he gets
4: excommunicated to Shelbyville and they shoot they
5: use and a they catapult. catapult him. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's it, yeah, interestingly enough, from Rifle, Colorado, has a restaurant called Shooters. If we could shoot her from Shooters in Rifle, Mm -hmm. There's a lot we can do with it. And And I'm not sure if any
4: of you have been to gorgeous, scenic, historic Rifle Colorado. Never.
3: Have have you guys? I've not
4: been there. Is it dog shit? shit. I went there and was like, man, I wish I could go to Cortez right now. (laughs) It's it's dog shit. I mean, it's no Bloomfield.
5: uh, (laughs) Yeah. At least Aztec has steak fingers. True. Ain't no steak fingers (laughs) in rifle.
3: Oh my no, god, snake,
5: fingers and rifle, Dude,
3: hey, Mr. Uh Mr. Moriarty. See. Uh, did anybody contact us to want to give us money this? Week? We
4: did. Uh they they did. So let's uh I guess I, I wasn't I wasn't too pleased with this, but why? Whatever.
3: Why? I haven't heard it's it yet, lame. so but, okay Y'all ready for
4: this? It's finally here! From the out-of-touch suits who brought you jock jams, and now That's What I Call Music Volumes 8 through 72, comes a new compilation album that will knock your dick directly in the dirt.
2: When you got to make up your mind
0: Mr. jams,
3: 22 discs, 350 tracks, each one more depressing than the next.
5: What could I say?
3: Call in the next five minutes and you'll receive a 1978 Volkswagen Westphalia with no engine and three
5: bike racks. You heard them correctly. No engine. There's no need for an engine because, well... You live here now, Gulliver. My, 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 my. Hipster Jams,
3: kill yourself, Daria! <laughs> hey boys, I know I
2: rarely asked this, but did the hipster jams people did they send copies of the album? Like, can I have one? Because i I like that stuff. Um, I
3: don't think they, they sent didn't us send,
4: anything. No, no, Carol, they didn't send us anything, but why? Why? It doesn't seem to be your kind of thing. Well, I
2: got really into modest mouths when I was dating this boy from Eugene, Oregon. He was interesting. He had a big eight-inch cock, but he never washed it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds terrible, Carol. Thank you for sharing. Wow. You're welcome, boys. Um,
2: anytime. Just
3: get me that album, if you can. Wow, cr- crusty punks live, dude. Jesus, there are some crusty ass fools out there, dude. Well, These now I know I don't have cocks. to wash
4: my dick, and I can still get a piece of Carol if this whole marriage thing. I don't know work about you, you guys,
3: but if you have an unwashed dick, after a while, like you can't stand it. No. Like it becomes untenable.
4: When it looks and smells <laughs> like the cheese stick that comes with a Slim Jim, you Ew, know the Petridge Farms. Yeah. Pepperidge Farms. Pepperidge
5: Farm remembers. They
4: remember. <laughs> they Pepperidge remember. Farms
5: knows right where the bodies are. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just impressed that uh, Carol's paying attention to what the fuck we're doing here today. I know.
4: Well, that's the thing. Sober January. She's actually engaged, and I feel like it's a problem. She's <laughs> so in tune with us. I'm, yeah, she rarely calls us, and I like that she doesn't. Like, that was off putting.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed she could take a fat hog.
5: Because <laughs> <laughs> I hear you bottom her out at like four. Um,. Vaginas are made to pass babies through them. Yeah. So, see, this is you can the, pretty this much is, shove anything up the, there.
3: This is the argument. <laughs> I am so first on the list to buy hipster jams after this conversation. Because um, we need it's, to kill her. No. I yeah. want to kill her. Um, Sean. What do you, can people actually tell us things? Yes, they can. If you want to reach out to us
4: um, and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text message, you can do so at 970-426-5344. Surfax. 970-426-5344. And right now we're running a contest. You guys only have one more week to do this by next Saturday, which is January 30th. At 1 p.m., you have to get us in your nicknames for us. We want you to give us more fucked up or funny nicknames for one or all of us, whatever you want to do. Um, and you can, uh, you, but you have to give us a voicemail. I know a lot of you are uncomfortable with it. I got to say, buck the fuck up. Nobody gives a shit what your voice sounds like. Nobody, you don't have to, you don't have to tell us who you are. If you're not calling in, you're a fucking snatch basket.
3: <laughs> I don't even know what you're that is. You're a I, basket
4: I, of should, severed snatches. Should I? That's Heavens. To My God. rotting Dude, army, severed snatches Ar- army
5: hammer just I'm army hammering finished. sorry I
4: just read his text <laughs> just and it's finished. like I'm 100% cannibal
5: bro 100% wait I don't have any idea what's going on with army hammer <laughs> what is oh happening? just
4: type in army hammer DMs cannibal.
5: into google yeah. I almost met army hammer in Creed Colorado really when they were filming Lone Ranger the Lone Ranger mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to be coming into there's a bar in Creed called Tommy Knocker's. And uh, my friends Clint and Buck run that place. They are lovely kids. Um, I did, however, get fucking hammered with Tom Wilkinson there multiple times. That's awesome. Yeah, I had clients out there. so I had a bank that I ran out there, and I lived in this apartment above the bank or whatever, and I could just go to Tommy Nuggers, and Tom Wilkinson was the coolest, sweetest, Funniest. He's rad. Just drunk ass Englishman. I love him. He's exactly what you think he is. I love
4: him as a villain. He plays the best villains. You just hate the. Like, uh, The Patriot is not a very good movie, but he is fantastic in it. Rock and roll. I love him in fuck rock Rock and roll. uh, Batman begins. He plays Falcone, and he's so fucking good. God, yes. I love Tom He's Wilkinson. only been in a thousand movies. Speaking of the Lone Ranger, when they were scouting for that in this area, Gore Verbinski and Jerry Bruckheimer and the whole crew came in to eat at Steamworks. And Jerry Bruckheimer comes up to the bar to ask me for a beer while they're waiting for their table to put together. And I look at him and I'm like, I know exactly who you are because I'm a movie nerd. But I didn't realize that you are two and three quarters feet tall. Jerry Bruckheimer is like a Polly Pocket person. He is really? so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, very tiny. It was, And
5: I'm really big. So all I could see was the top of his... Weird head. The only one of that crew that I really want to meet is Michael Bay, because I want to see if he's just wearing a shirt. No, I just want to randomly run into Michael Bay and he's just not wearing a shirt. And I'm like, wow, fucking a, I don't know if he owns a shirt, his glorious bleach blonde locks, (laughs) no shirt, (laughs) <laughs> with an American flag over his shoulder. Jesus. You know yeah, what I mean? Because that guy's made so much money off the CIA. I,
3: I hear oh, yeah. his only shirt, he wears just leftover salmon t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's his entire wardrobe.
4: <laughs> deep V's. Deep V's. Is, that's the closest to a super shirt he's ever going to get It V's. super yeah. deep Super Super, deep. So uh, speaking of voicemails and speaking of our contest about creating new nicknames for us, we have a voicemail and it is from the phantom fourth limb, John Brown, and he has plenty of of new nicknames oh, for Christ. us, love this.
0: Well, hello there. It is uh, John Brown I'm calling with some nicknames for you fellas. Got some that I'll keep to myself, I suppose. But <laughs> As a kid, I love you guys. Um, I'll start with Bobby. Uh, I was really hoping Squatch Toe would uh, would take off, and it just has not. So, if Squatch Toe is not going to take off, um, I will. Dean Bobby Noise, the Shag Bandit. Um, I feel like that's appropriate. The Shag Bandit. Nickname, superhero name, whatever you want to call it. Stealing uh, the pussy. Mr. Sean Moriarty. Uh, all right. So I, I'm sure people have acknowledged this, Sean. You have the greatest last name I've ever heard. Um, people should just call you by your last name. It's the best. Uh, that's coming from a guy whose name is John Brown. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, you know, you're lovable. You, you talk a whole lot, Sean. You just talk a whole lot, even when other people are talking. But we love you. <laughs> we love you. So I've got a few. I don't know. I, I kind of was going with Cokie McChatterbox. Know, whatever. Lord Loquacious. Uh, Travis popped in my head. He just looks like Travis. Just Travis.
3: <laughs> I love but that.
0: But I think I'm going to go with, because you're in Durango, um, you're the loudest thing I've ever heard. I think train horn. Let's go train horn, train horn Moriarty, um, dude. I, I like it, train horn. I like it. Oh god. Uh, and Mr. Aaron, um, we're just gonna go with Wolfgang Fuck. <laughs> that was beautiful. Your Wolfgang Fuck
5: forever. Oh my god. Wolfgang Fuck is amazing. <laughs> I'm mad. I didn't think of that.
3: <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. Wolfgang Fuck,
5: Lord Loquacious. or train horn and the shag Bandit. and the The shag shag bandit yeah all right right. right. i like it that's our morning zoo crew radio (laughs) (laughs) dude why are all of my nicknames based on like some sexual activity that may or may not have happened hey
4: you guys ready for our next segment where we bring a fucking stripper in here make her feel terrible about herself and laugh about it later (laughs)
0: exactly
5: that's what we do.
4: That's, That's pretty much what exactly we do. Exactly. Our entire show. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we are eager to hear your voicemails. We need more. We need people. And you're going you're gonna to win a $100 gift card to whatever the fuck you want. It could be Amazon. We're not going to send you like a Visa gift card because fuck that. Pick a business you like and we'll send you a gift card.
3: For or you. or you could donate it to something else. Like it's, it's your 100 bucks. If you want to, to, to donate human it fund. and give it to somebody else or do whatever you want, it's up to you. And yes, I understand you guys don't want to like leave your voice. You feel like it's performative and it doesn't feel good or whatever. You can also email us the names. You don't have to voicemail. No, they you have can... to. Fuck them. They have to send the oh, voicemail. Never mind. We want to hear it. We want the voicemail segments. We want to hear people's the feedback. Pr- the producerio overstepped.
5: And I do understand that, like this idiot John Brown, who I think is my idiot. Um, your you're, he, you're to blame he immediately week one the first time we started this just raised the bar really high and it's intimidating like I don't want to try to be funnier if than you can Brown. be funnier he's than funny. Wolfgang
3: Fuck if you can beat that I dare you sir cause that's fucking great but we
5: don't want to discourage people we want people to call in and leave their feedback and it doesn't have to be funny we're not a strictly a comedy podcast if he's Wolfgang
4: Fuck can I be Gordon Hamsey
5: yeah cause I go ham on everything <laughs> Wow. And who are you? Uh, you? Guy fucks something. I don't know. <laughs> so you're a riff on Rachel Ray. I have longer arms. You got a 30-minute meals quality yeah, Rachel you.
3: Ray's got this T-Rex thing going on. Have you right? guys noticed that? It's very strange. Rachel Ray. And her husband fed up. Yeah. Fed up.
5: T-Rex with weird little stubby fingers. Ray the killer. It's a whole fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. I know. We're so, so off the rails. Uh,
3: <laughs>
4: that's it for our feedback and voice segment. Let's get to some music.
3: Musica Caliente! I was thinking Mario (laughs) Fatale.
4: I'll take Mario (laughs) Fatale.
3: I got the smoker weight on right now. The the smoker
4: weight, bro. (laughs) Femoral (laughs) Lagasse? Wow, that's weird.
3: That's a stretcher, dude. dude I like that.
4: So, for music, let's talk about music. I'll go first here, boys, if you don't mind. I've actually just started to get a lot more into music. Really, the only passion I have towards music is listening to you guys, and when I occasionally bring a song here. But I've been listening to nothing but podcasts and stand-up comedy for a few years now. So. I, I just I go through these waves and I'm in one right now where I'm looking for new music that I really like and I want to listen to the albums all the way through. I want to listen to the lyrics and I found a band, oddly enough, on Bobby's favorite website, Pitchfork. Uh, a new album by a band called Viagra Boys and their new album is called Welfare Jazz uh, and it's on Pitchfork. Bobby, you'll love this. Seven point two. Right, your wheel. Oh my god, it's perfect. Perfect. a wheelhouse. It's,
3: that might be too perfect. Yeah. Out.
4: The song is called uh, Ain't Nice, and this is from—so the Viagra Boys are a Swedish quote-unquote post-punk band. Critics love to call this type of music post-punk, but honestly, when I listen to it, uh, there's, there's elements of electronica, there's elements of punk. It's got a shitload of dickbag boyfriend troll songs. They're very satirical in their approach, and uh, and they hate toxic masculinity. They hate fascists. They're very against the democratic, uh, the, the Swedish Democratic Party, which is a far right, anti-immigrant and anti-religion party. Where they are in Sweden, the main guy, Sebastian, the the lead singer, he's not actually from Stockholm. He was born there, but he grew up in the Bay Area. His parents are he's half. So, but he moved back to Stockholm 12 years ago. And these dudes have like day jobs. Like, I think he's a tattoo artist, and their bass players. A fucking Carpenter and shit. So these guys are true hipster gold. They still have day jobs. Nobody listens to them. I love it. Yeah. The song I chose was Ain't Nice. It's probably the most listenable, most radio friendly song. song on there. And I love it. It's one of those
3: like cardio songs, I think. Anthony Fantano, which has 8 million subs. Um, if you like music, you should probably listen to that guy. He has some good points. But I, I, what he said about this last album, I really enjoyed because he goes, they're going for the dirtbag aesthetic. Yep. and I could not probably sum it up better they're they're trailer park Swedish trash but it's tongue-in-cheek it, though it's very tongue and it's supposed to be like that for Christ's sake they're called the Viagra boys yeah I mean the it's name itself is and like a like, commentary but they, on they have toxic a lot of they have a lot of through lines with a, a group that I love idols uh Danny Nadelko who's the cousin of the singer of the idols is also friends with Viagra boys. So there's like you and you can see a lot of the similarities. Yeah. I, especially with
4: the, um, the
3: style of vocals
4: is very similar and it's not, not just the tone that he takes, but also the production on it. The filters they put Mm -hmm. on it are almost identical to the ones that they use for idols. They
3: went out of bounds on this album. Everybody was really anticipating this album after their, their first effort. It's not going to make all the people of the early Viagra boys album happy, but I think this one's going to put them on the map. I think there's enough there there now. I I feel
4: like this album is one of those albums that'll get a bunch of play once people start pulling these songs for commercials and movies and TV shows. Amen. Because there is a lot of cinematic quality, especially soundtrack. When you're putting a compilation together, rhythmic songs like Ain't Nice that's very repetitive are really good to communicate Mm -hmm. a certain tone. So these guys are going to end up in a show or a commercial and then everybody's going to be like, what the fuck is that song? I can't get out of my head. And I think it's going to be this song. it would probably end
3: up on The Boys right (laughs) i don't know why let's listen to (laughs) eight nice
4: If you don't dig that song, there's a lot of different kinds of tracks. They have a lot of different approaches. It's not like they're not one note sallies where not every song all. sounds the same. That song sounds, you know, it's got
3: a little bit of that feel that like the Black Keys have and that, everything. That feels like it would be on the next iPhone commercial. 100%. I mean, it's literally that homogenous. You could buy mm-hmm. that, at and Starbucks. that's not a that's not a diss. like that's no. it's there's a there's a distinctive like through line where I can see a lot of people from different generations enjoying that
5: song. I think yeah, there's a stigma a about popular music, which I think is bullshit and a fallacy that putting something together in a studio that sounds really fucking amazing should be almost looked down upon in a weird way. Mm, I and get what you're like, saying. honestly, like, like, like there's bands like um, they're on that new hipster jam album uh, Spoon. Oh. So, like, they don't sound amazing live. They're not, like, incredible live artists. And that's part of the draw for some of these people. But they fucking have put together all these studio recordings that sound phenomenally good, utilizing all the tools that they have at their disposal. And they've created, like, a dozen fucking goddamn great indie albums. And I think there's something to be said for being able to do that. Like, a studio recording. I have no idea what this band sounds like live. Right. No idea. No idea.
3: Um, but, you can see sessions with them where they you know, they
5: pull it off live. I'm I'm sure they do, and and I just think it's it's if, if your shit's getting played at Starbucks, then you're probably doing some right things. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, go yeah. fuck
3: yourself, Enya.
5: You know, what I, <laughs> <laughs> don't you talk about my girl Enya, right? I brought a band that's not going to be played in Starbucks anytime soon. Fucking thank you. Uh,
3: <laughs> is this part of the uh, punk rock NBA? So this
5: is the. <laughs> Honest response to Punk Rock NBA. Like, this is so yeah. phenomenal that this happened on the same week. Um, but there's a super group by the name of Tomahawk. Of oh, a... super group. Are you... Okay.
3: Well, no, because it has Jesus Lizard. Okay. It
5: has a
4: f-
3: helmet.
5: Because I didn't notice. Well, that, guy,
3: that guy's not in there anymore. Yeah. The bu- but
5: he's... I was going to get to that. But that's... Oh, a... right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, they, they are a super group. They, were a, they are. A... I think it was Denison from... Jesus Lizard and Mike yeah, Patton in, met each other, hit it off. Started trading tapes. Exactly. Yeah. That kind of thing. They So they decided, well, who can we bring in on this? And I think initially, Kevin Routmanis, uh was the bass player from the Melvins. Right. They brought okay. him in for some of their early work. I didn't know these guys were a super group at all. I just well, heard the song. Any,
3: anything that, like Fantomas with Buzz and Patton, like anything Patton does at this point
5: is going to be a super group. He just group. brings in... <laughs> A bunch of pimps, and
3: everybody wants to work with them.
5: Everyone, Everyone wants why
3: work wouldn't with you him. want to work with a guy that just drinks caffeine and doesn't do drugs?
4: So the that's the other all. Guy, he that person, uh, honestly, I feel like I would find Mike Patton insufferable in real life. And insufferable, by the way, is my vocab word of the week. I've used it six times now. I apologize. I don't even
5: disagree with that. <laughs> I bet he's a giant prick. <laughs>
3: yeah. just 100%. based on his
5: interviews. But I love it. But it's. Like- I bet George Washington was a fucking prick. Thank too. you, well, sir. Yeah. You know, Abraham
3: I mean? Lincoln. Dickhead.
5: <laughs> well, they had a drummer from Helmet, who is an oh, okay. amazing percussionist by the name of John Stanier. Um, obviously, uh, Romanus not being with the band anymore. Uh, mm. They replaced him with Trevor Dunn, who was actually just the Mr. Bungle Amen. bass player. Yep. So that works out pretty well.
3: Well, we played. we played a little of these guys when we were talking about the new Bungle. Remember, like we were going off and and fucking uh, rabbit holing down. We played a little fucking uh, Little Tomahawk. One of my favorite Mike Patton iterations. I think it was on
5: our Angel Dust episode. Yes,
3: because we did that whole album. Because we played a bunch of shit. And the funniest part about this, I love this song, number one. I love that you fucking brought this, but know it is hilarious. Listen to the rhythm section, not just the tonally, Uh what the rhythm section is doing, Tell me this doesn't sound like fucking helmet, dude. Tell me it's this yeah. first 16 bars of drum and bass don't sound like fucking helmet. Well, when you're and building gee, a song, I why.
4: Don't, don't the drums start, then the bass no. goes in? Or can it be bass and all. drums? It could,
3: it could work all matter who's a what. Yeah, it. It it's could all with the, it could. But you're
4: saying this song likely started with the rhythm
5: section building easily, the beat and then they easily, built on it.
3: It sounds like a helmet song. And then all of a sudden Patton sings and you're like, <gasps>
5: well, uh-huh. and not only does Patton sing, he sings. Sings initially in a falsetto.
3: Which is, he can,
5: because he which, can do anything. Because he's fucking Mike Patton. We're being, he's that white M- Mariah M- Carey. He has it's a range so that weird. is like, We're being the not hated know. fandom right now, and yes. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I don't fuck. care. Fuck yourselves. Mike Patton is amazing. He's a pimp. He's the only thing that matters. But, anyways, we should listen to this song. <laughs> God, you're such a douche. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
4: Oh, guys, that's and, and it, I love that the album title. As a shark nerd, when I mean the animal, the yeah. album title is "Tonic Immobility." Tonic, which I've never heard mobility. used unless you're talking about, you know, being a
3: shark whisperer. I can't, I can't wait for that LP to come out. I can't wait for the fucking actual album to come out. From a song structure standpoint, they're not breaking any barriers. It's a very, very four-four. Driving almost feels like a late '90s, early 2000s kind of fucking post-punky sort of feel, but man, these guys sort of invented that collectively. So they're using tools in their toolbox that everybody else have used, but they they created the tools.
5: Tomahawk has never been that project of his that was. Um, breaking boundaries and creating new genres and doing all that kind of thing. They were getting together Mm -hmm. a group of like-minded individuals and just kicking a bunch of ass. Yeah. You know, they would fuck around and Patton would wear a gas mask and a fucking megaphone. And, fuck, you well, know, well, he
3: sung out of like three fil- different filtered microphones. Mm-hmm. Like, so he would have like a heavy delay on one microphone. Then he would have like this really crazy reverb on another and then be singing clean on another. And he would bring the microphones together and take them apart while he's singing. It's just like an investigation on uh, the technicality yeah. of what you can do from a electrical experience. Oh, okay. but, but never yeah. that,
5: like, Mr. Bungle experience of like changing time signatures yeah, and no. making everything sound like uncomfortable right. mm, this, you is know I mean? this, this is drive this is rock just rock music man Tomahawk has always been a really great fucking rock band
3: one of my favorite iterations of of Patton outside of outside of Faith No More and and uh, fuck you uh, Punk Rock NBA we're doing this um, <laughs> outside of Faith No More yeah uh, Tomahawk I would be probably put a put a number two on that for me yeah, for, yeah. for his side projects I and I loved peeping tom. I love Fontamas. Fontomos is way underrated as well. Um, and it's heavy, dark, dismal. Heavy. You probably heard it on Hipster Jams 21. You probably heard a little fontomas on there. Um Dude, I love this music. I, I What What else are you going to say, man? It, it it hits. It's comfortable. It's like I a dig blanket. It.
4: I dig it. And as the third party that didn't grow up with this at all, like my introduction to Mike Patton as this super diverse musician with all these bands, I learned all that when we did the episode on one of their albums on so the Faith and no More Angel album. Angel Dust. Angel Dust. I had no idea. And then when we started deep diving. So I love it. Like this isn't something I'm going to go seek out except for Tomahawk. This stuff is very approachable. If you're like punk rock MBA and you don't want to get into the nitty gritty nerdy shit, this is
5: something that we can all enjoy. It's definitely gotten more progressively approachable okay. and accessible um, as they've gone along. The last album, you know, there was a couple of songs on the, that like could have had radio play. They were they were yeah. very Faith No More in their 100%. structure and like they, they seemed.
3: They're the closest to Faith No More that he's 100%. done outside of Faith No More. 100%. Yeah, for
5: sure. And he famously kind of poo-poos and questions why Faith No More is so popular, which I find very like. It's cute. It's endearing. It's a marketing ploy. But but
3: no, it's Patton's never ploy. been about business,
4: dude. Trust me. Uh, well, at least <laughs> he Patton, At least Patton's public persona is that he has never been about business. You never know, dude. Uh, never honestly,
3: know. that guy. That guy. If you were to say Mike Patton, uh, seventy eight percent of the population wouldn't know who mike patton is.
4: i didn't really know the name mike patton until so, i heard one so if, song from faith no more if
3: he's business savvy then he's doing a shitty job at it this guy is a consummate artist okay he makes music to make music and he fuck all the rest
5: and has put together a body of work from movie scores Oof. to amazing albums and collaborations and all the faith no more stuff i mean this guy's got a uber fucking respectable career he's put together uh, his body of work is in my mind obviously kind of peerless punk rock NBA you you can take your (laughs) shots at me on that one Uh, he's the only thing that matters (laughs) That, which you've said multiple times. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we, we
3: love old fucking Mike Patton, man. For being a 50-year-old man, vocally, he sounds so fresh and so clean. The guy's never been a fucking drunk. He's never been a drug addict. He self-admittedly has never done any drugs. He just drinks fucking 87 cups of coffee a day, yep. and that's his only drawback. Also, that's- he's
4: drunk constantly on his own music. Like, he's drunk... Like- That's his drug, his ability to perform. He gets his high off that. But
3: Sean, and so is everybody else. When you're able to bring in Buzz from the Melvins, who's a fucking famous douchebag, if you're able to bring in these guys and work with them, he worked with Rozelle.
5: Yeah, he worked with fucking. The
3: guys worked with anybody in the business that knows anything wants. Dan the Automator, he's worked. Dan the Automator, um, anybody in the business that's worth a shit. It wants to work with this guy. When you get fucking Lombardo- Dan the f-
5: Automator obviously the only producer that matters.
3: Well, eh. <laughs> I love how we opened the but, show.
5: because handsome boys. I'm kidding.
3: We opened the show
4: with that at Punk Rock NBA thing, and then we immediately went into- when.
3: Oh,
5: no, I'm self-defense mode right yeah. now. This I'm self-defense mode. This is you are so only mad.
3: This is the only other band that Dave Lombardo would play with other than Slayer. Was, okay. Yeah. Is Bungle. this guy- Dude, it, when you when you have that much street cred as a musician, where where the most punishing band in the world is willing to play with you, yeah, then go fuck yourself. Well, you hey, can friend, be a dick.
4: Did our friend Punk Rock MBA make any comments on fucking Slayer fans? Because I got to yes, tell you, they're yes. a fucking problem. No. Uh, Slayer oh, fans. He? Slayer has a group of fans that I. I, I mean. Th- that a is 60 the, year
3: old Slayer fan will punch you in the face. That is Tonight. the most I will say right now when I saw Slayer at the forum in LA back in the, the great early Western 90s forum. the Great Western brother I've never seen a swirl on a floor like I've seen at a Slayer concert there's never been anything I've ever experienced in my life that is anything like a Slayer concert on the floor Just EMTs and, with and everybody's posted at getting edges. killed. Your grandmother your sons your daughters they're all dying in a slayer pit
5: dude. the, the it, only band and, that i've seen that approaches that is pantera like pantera same same, where, wow. same same jesus christ
3: same same unfortunately those what what uh punk rock nba called punishers yeah. right punishers. Are fucking those fans that like love that aggressive bullshit and they think it's gonna fucking give them some fucking some swag and they're and I'm, clout chasing. This will make up for my dad beating the fuck out of me exactly. my whole childhood. Totally.
4: <sighs> yeah, right. I fucking hate that shit. So I tried to go on iTunes and look at metal music, and that half of it was pretty much copies of Ronnie James Dio style metal that is like updated throwback metal or just. Unintelligible, like
5: boo, 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 boo. sure.
4: that—that sure. That is all I could find on iTunes for new metal.
5: There's, there's gotta, gotta, more, gotta, more out I there. I know. I got, I got, I got to lean
4: on you guys a little bit more. I think there's a lot Maybe more so. out there. And, and by on, the way,
3: Ronnie James Dio is a prince among men. He, that um, beautiful, might have had he's a troll, fuck. God, but I love that you. man's voice. Mm-hmm. You can go fuck yourself. That's
4: how he got laid cuz you that that might be one it of the most fuckable
3: looking people on pl- Planet <laughs> Fucking 411, dude. All
4: right, it's, it's clutching. time to
3: clutch
4: our pearls of wisdom.
3: I, I will go first cuz cuz I do not know in a while. Um I I love this line. I we keep dealing with patience every week and it's hard because in COVID like it feels like you're like hurry up and wait, uh which is an old adage in the film business. Um and, and then it brought me back to like a speaking of we talked briefly about Nirvana is take your time. Hurry up. Uh, it's 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 living in the in-between. And um, it feels like we're living in the in-between. I had to wait out uh, me and Rex. Obviously, we we lived together. We're hanging out. We had something where I knew she was being like distant. Mm. You know what I mean? And instead of doing the thing that I will tell all of you guys, stop saying what's wrong. If you say what's wrong to your girlfriend, you're you're a fucking moron. Let them take their time. Distance isn't bad. It's just space. Um, So I thought of like, we talked about Nirvana. I was like, take your time and hurry up. I waited it out. I waited her distance out. And then she came back and she was like, I was feeling this way and whatever. And it was completely positive and non-plus. It was a a non-sequitur. If I would have mentioned it, it would have been something. Yeah. It don't want something, don't mean something. You know, like if you don't want nothing, don't say nothing. Like um and I could have made it a thing and it would have presented itself as a thing and the flower would have bloomed. But instead I waited it out. So um as 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 contradictory as it may sound is take your time, hurry up, yeah. just stop fucking with people and don't ask them what's wrong. Let them be them take your time and hurry up and just be there for them when they come back but just step off dude i don't nobody wants to hear what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong
4: i have to agree with that because i had i had a relationship that essentially fell apart when i was younger because i was the constant not confident Hey, what's wrong? I, I can, can tell totally something's wrong. See hey, what's Sean wrong? Like that. What's wrong? And every now Can't and again, I'll Can you see do Sean it. like that? Like if I'm feeling, if I'm, it, <laughs> I, it doesn't happen often. But if I'm feeling really insecure, and Katie can tell because I, every time I see a wrong expression or something on her face, right. I'm like, did I do something to piss you off? I'd love to talk about how I could be a better man. And you know, it's yeah. just they don't want to hear it. That only happens every now and again. But I destroyed a whole very short like month-long relationship, just being, what is it that you need? Yeah, it's gross. Your partner Chick- wants you to be confident yeah. and wants you to pretty much act like- Your significant well, other hates you they for saying what's you. wrong
3: over and over again. By but the ask way, once if they say everything's cool. That's cool. Yep.
4: Bye. Bobby, what do you have to say about what he said? I have nothing to say about what he said. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> you were looking for a colloquialism, and I think it was, don't start none, won't be none. Ooh. I-, I didn't. Never heard that. I I, I did hear it and I didn't need to use it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Bobby, let's talk about how you need to comment on this because this was meant for you.
5: (laughs) I mean, no, it's not. Not really. It's meant for me. I've been. I'm joking. I mean, I guess the one thing I would say is like when you ask those questions of your significant other, chances are what they're going to look at you and say is defiantly, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. That's all you're getting, which is a conversation ender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not a beginner. Not Ish, a beginner. Yes, Conversation's you. over. So, like, when you ask that question, just realize you're not going to get anywhere. I was trying to give, I was trying let to let it breathe.
3: Some, I was trying to give some dap to the young men out there.
5: You know? Stop yeah. it.
3: Let them breathe, yep. and and everything will be chill. Yeah. If yeah. a
5: chick very, everything
3: very
4: angrily looks at you and says, No, I'm fine, you just go, Word, heard, and walk I, away. Because it's nothing good and to me. And you. lay off I, your
5: fucking text button, I, I, motherfucker. Yeah.
3: Well, just put your phone down but i always equate down. i always equate what's wrong with how much does this cost when you go to a restaurant with no prices <laughs> motherfucker if you don't if you can't afford
5: it don't ask don't come here and so go if you Appleby's, don't bitch. if you don't
3: know don't ask bro
5: yeah 100 all right i'll go next uh so I had a
4: I had a disagreement with a client this week. I had a piece of content that I created and I thought it was very funny. It was a Bernie meme. It was great. And then uh, I sent it to them, um, not like for approval. I sent it to them before I put it out, just as like a oh my god, check this out. It's going to be so hilarious. It's going to be huge. This stuff's gonna this is going to take the internet by storm. This was yesterday, the day before the Bernie memes were everywhere, or two days ago. Sorry way before the Bernie memes were everywhere. They were pretty prevalent, but they weren't everywhere. And uh, the client disagreed with me. And instead of just going, you know what? Cool, whatever. And moving forward, I tried to plead my case as much as possible. Mm. And the way I pled my case, I may have been a little bit, um, dismissive with the way I said it and was essentially like, I'm right. You need to understand this is how marketing is now. And taking a talk track like that, I think I made my client feel bad about themselves. Mm. And their response was very bad. Their response to it was, I'm troubled with how you're not seeing my side of this. You're not showing me empathy. You're not understanding where I'm mm. coming from. So while I'm a hundred percent sure that I was right, <laughs> it doesn't matter that you are right. Um, when it comes down to it, A client, especially this is a client I've had a long relationship with, and they're very valuable to me as people and very valuable to our company as clients. The fact that I was right doesn't matter. What matters is is how did I make that client feel? A client's not going to remember the argument necessarily. They're just going to remember how you made them feel. So. I was very apologetic afterwards after I read my email and realized that I may have been a little like, listen, I got on my high horse and was like, listen, this is how shit is now. You know, like I I should have been more amicable in the way I approached it because I made that client feel bad. And that was the bad way to go.
3: Well, number one, Sean, you have a gift. Um, Number two, I, I remember this. I don't think I ever told you guys this story, but when I got divorced and I moved out, and about three months later, I moved into my house with a little stanky-panky. Um, and it was obviously really upsetting and troubling to me. And my daughter hung something in my refrigerator that was really fucking um, – actually pissed me off when I saw it uh, because I didn't agree with it. But in retrospect, understand it, I don't necessarily agree with it 100%. Hmm. And it was, um, it's better to be kind than to be right.
4: Oh, Okay.
3: Um, And I think we get into this bubble with ourselves where being right is the absolute and sometimes we lose focus on being kind. And and that's with all of us. I, 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 I could definitely say that about myself. Being right is so important to me and being correct is so important to me that I lose focus on being kind. And I think that it sounds like you got into a rap with that. Didn't matter if you're right. You just weren't servicing the person that you needed to service.
4: Exactly. If I had just looked and if immediately when he said, sorry, please take that down because I hadn't even posted it yet. I had yeah. scheduled it and he was like, please take that down because it was it involved a political figure. They didn't want it up there whatsoever. Which is understandable. Which I understand now. I understand now. But now seeing that 100 different businesses in town posted it because it transcends politics, it's a trending meme, that doesn't matter to that client. That's not part of what they want to do and I need to accept yep, it rather you than, yep. but you, know, you misread your audience. Also, I put work into making the fucking thing first, had it sure, scheduled, ready sure. to go. So it was but, also me like trying not, to go, I don't want to work an extra 30 minutes to put together their, something else. That's not their fault. That no, it's
3: not that. their fault. No. Um, <laughs> as marketing director of top that I tried to give them the right advice. <laughs> they didn't take it it went they really well and it went fucking askew yeah. as they say <laughs> yeah
5: they like, like PLS, a pantera
3: too. like a pantera bathroom
5: <laughs> their arm went askew mm-hmm. uh mine's really simple and gonna be very brief how, how much time do we have left sean 47 minutes
4: you have 40 you have 47 <laughs> milliseconds bro because last time you said this will be very short very brief <laughs> yeah We're this here for is the minutes. thing though. it's yeah, a
5: bit sean God damn it. Sean. That's the bit. No, um, I don't understand
4: irony. <laughs>
5: this is all I'm going to say. Um, as I've gone through this process, I've realized it's very much a process. Being better at being you is incremental and it's an evolution and it is very much a process. And you're not going to lose 20 pounds this month, you're not going to have a six pack by March. You're not going to fix all of your fucking relationships and be married and have three kids by June. It's not going to fucking happen. You have to slow yourself down and incrementally, just day by day, make the changes that you need to make to make your life look like what you want it to look like. Damn. Amen. Yeah. That's it.
4: Fuck yeah, dude. It's all, and it takes constant work every day. Every day. Every single day. Like I told you, my new workout thing, never have a day where I don't do at least 30 minutes. That's the small goal to start.
5: Right.
3: Yeah. yeah,
5: 30 yeah, minutes cardio at least.
3: But that doesn't define you either. No. Nope. Like you have to allow yourself those brief moments of... It, some of the best days I've ever had were days where I, I did this with Walnuts last week, where you look at a friend or you look at somebody you care about and you go, we're fucking this day off. We are going to just... Fuck with ourselves today. We're just going to care about us. We're not going to care about anybody else. We're going to take as much time as we need for us today. And those days are the days I think when you're breathing your last breaths on your deathbed. Hopefully, you get the opportunity to do that. Sometimes you know your head gets cut off by Antifa, but um, but but Wait, sometimes what? you I don't know they cut but, heads off. I know now. whatever. But you hope those last breaths. You think about your children. You think about your loves of your life, and you think about those moments. I I will think about smoking a brisket. I will think about dancing in a club. I'm not going to think about having to wake up early to go to work. I'll tell you that much, motherfuckers. Uh-huh. So, hey, man.
4: See, I uh, think the opposite to a degree. The yeah. whole point of my thing is, is I I don't want to have a day where I fuck off to the point where I don't do at least thirty minutes. It won't, minutes of it won't cardio. matter. I don't do at least thirty minutes. I of love cardio. you. That's sticking to I,
3: that, I, Sean. And I'm I love you, and it won't days matter. From that. Sean, I love you and it won't matter. It matters to me. Then that's all that's important.
4: Yes. 100%. You're right. I am all that's important.
5: (laughs) you (laughs) spoken like a malignant narcissist, (laughs) like the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. Because we are the whiskey reel. We are the whiskey. We're
4: the (laughs) whiskey. You two are just tourists. This is my podcast.
5: You guys think that's funny, but that's how <laughs> he fucking talks to us.
4: <laughs> Have you ever had a unicycle up your butthole? <laughs> Sean Moriarty, the human unicycle in your butthole. Hipster Jams, it's wrist openingly delicious. (laughs) Hipster Jams, have you ever been starving in the back of Jules Van? Hipster Jams, we refuse to sell more than three albums.
5: (laughs) Hipster
3: Jams, they'll never find the body. (laughs) Hipster Jams, giving out mustache rides on a penny farthing. Hipster Jams, it's like a warm
5: bathtub and a straight razor.
4: Hipster Jams, Nick and Lucas love it. because they listen
5: (laughs) hipster jams put a cartridge in every
4: chamber that way you all win hipster jams another reason for your father to disapprove hipster jams kill yourself Daria
5: (laughs) hipster jams because plastic rim glasses bangs and dark hair dye don't make you not fat It's a double negative,
4: but... (laughs)